Hello, colleagues. Hello, friends. Welcome to the unofficial podcast all about Hogswood Cooper Media. If you don't know, Hogswood Cooper is the international conglomerate that owns everything from coal mines to tech startups, news stations to casinos. Now, I don't work for HCM personally. I'm just their number one fan. And with this podcast, I'm on a mission. I want to interview folks who work in every subsidiary of this remarkable company. So join me, won't you? I'm Dean Ardenfell, and this is The Corporation. My first guest is the sales director of THC International, the legal cannabis company with dispensaries popping up all over the country. As they've scaled up, THCI has innovated some labor practices in private prisons that are ruffling some feathers, but they say their mission is to provide health, healing, and wellness for all. In his spare time, my guest practices Tokyo drifting in a homemade go-kart. Please welcome Pud Winsley. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so pleased to be on the show. Oh, well, we're pleased to have you. Uh, or I am, I guess. I, it's not like I have a staff here. Uh, let's get right into it. THCI, uh, wildly successful in places like, you know, Denver and San Francisco. Well, that must feel good for you all, yeah? Absolutely. You know, we, we got our start uh, getting people high in the mile-high city, as we like to say. Wow. Of wow. course, uh, Denver very high above sea level. Yeah, no, I get the pun. That makes sense. Totally. Um, and and uh, and you make a lot of things. You make, uh, you know, weed pens and salves and balms and tinctures, all that stuff. Absolutely. We felt that uh, once our scientists could unlock the mysteries of uh, THC, otherwise known as tetrahydrocannabinol, wow. Uh, wow. that they, uh, they really could get it into absolutely anything that could be inserted into the human body. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how clinical you, I mean, it's not like, I'm not talking to somebody who's like getting high in their dorm here. Like I'm talking to real scientists who are really trying to find the most efficient way to get this stuff into the human bloodstream. Absolutely. We yeah. have uh, state-of-the-art chemistry facilities wow. uh, in which our scientists do their work. Yeah. And it is strenuous work. Sure. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the research and development is all done uh, in your labs and stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are, are making hay of the fact that you're, you're using prison labor to grow and harvest all your products. Um, and that's just good business because it reduces the labor costs to almost nothing, right? Exactly. We do not pay them. Right, right. At all. Nor do you have to. I mean, they're all in private prisons. And, uh, of course, like people like to talk about the irony of the fact that a lot of the inmates are black and POC people who are in prison for minor drug offenses themselves. And here you are using their forced servitude to grow your product so that you can sell it legally outside the system. Uh, the prison system, right? Yes. No, that is that is absolutely correct. And do you find an irony in that, or do you feel guilty at all? I I find I have a lot of trouble understanding exactly what irony is. Oh, yeah. You are a very literal person, I can tell already. I, yes. You know, I've I've listened to Alanis Morissette songs, and, and I find There's only just it, the one, really. <laughs> well, I've listened to other songs oh, yeah. as well, but there is the one that is specifically about irony and sure. ironic situations and yeah. and I, I find that it did not really elucidate the issue for me yeah. in a way that that could extend to the rest of my life so when people you, bring this issue to me and they sure. say you know you are uh, basically using the 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 uh, slave labor not a word i use a no, word they sure. use not not the word i use Forced they labor. use it, yeah. uh, of these these people who are 
in this position based on the substance that your company peddles in. Mm. Uh, do you not find it ironic? And I say, no, I do not, because I do not understand irony. Right, right. Well, I mean, a lot of people agree that the Alanis Morissette song is not really a definition of irony, but more um, unfortunate situations, and that she's misdefining uh, de- irony in that song. So, so I, in I, reality, she has muddied the waters of irony, and, and almost so. no one truly understands it. Right. I think she, you know, the pop culture for so long thought that what was in that song was the definition of irony, and then it got confused, and so I don't think any of us really knows anymore. Not that it really matters, but I, I you know, it's a, it's a, um, we're splitting hairs here. But I just don't want you to feel guilty that you couldn't glean the entire definition of the word irony from one Alanis Morissette song. Oh, I do not feel guilty at all. Uh, no? uh, irony is a concept that I don't think this country needs. Yeah. Right. You you are a direct person. You don't need or understand irony, and you don't uh, uh, feel guilt. Correct. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, you know, obvi- obviously, you know, this woke mob is trying to come after you, saying like, oh, 96% of your employees are white, and, and your prison labor force is primarily black and POC, and, but they're always focusing on race, aren't they? They are, and, and, and I think it is somewhat disingenuous to say that 96% of our workforce is white mm. when I do count those inmates as part of our workforce just because they're not being paid by us or anyone doesn't mean they are not working for our company indirectly somewhat because Mm -hmm. of the fact that they are I like to think of uh, private prisons as somewhat of a, a, a fiefdom, if you will. Okay, interesting. Uh, you know, in the medieval sense. So they are yeah. they are indentured serfs right. uh, who are plowing the king's lands mm-hmm. uh, in the hope that they one day will earn their own plot, or in this case, their freedom. Right. It's an interesting metaphor. I'm not sure it completely tracks because I don't know that their prison term... Uh, an eventual release is connected directly to their work for your company, is it? I don't know either, but you can't say for sure that it is not. I guess not. It's probably um, warden-dependent, right? I mean, maybe some, some wardens take it into account how well they're working for your company, and how some wardens... Yes, we do have a very, uh, a very clear and direct bonus structure for the wardens based on the output. Wow, so the, the wardens are get So someone in the prison system is getting compensated for all this. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it just can't be the prisoners because that's against the law, right? Yeah, yeah. Similar to how, you know, um, uh, are you familiar with the NCAA? Oh, I think that's a basketball thing, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's college basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, those those college students, uh, for a variety of legal reasons, cannot be uh, paid. They cannot receive any kind of remuneration mm-hmm. uh, for the things that they do. Uh, and I like to think of the prison system a lot like the NCAA. Do you? Yeah, that makes sense. It makes total sense. And uh, all those very talented college students who may or may not uh, go on to professional careers in basketball that pay pay millions of dollars. At the time they're doing it, they're doing their little like seven years of servitude or whatever you want to call it uh, in order to uh, pay their dues, right? And uh, and that's really no different than being in prison. It's similarly to people in prison. Many of them are also working on getting their degree. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, um, it's it was it's so interesting talking to you because you have a real calm demeanor. You're very literal. And you're, you're, you're such a, a, almost an intellectual that it surprises me when I see on the, on the bio here that you are Tokyo drifting in a go-kart you made yourself on the weekends. Yes, yes. So, um, what's that all about? I would love to tell you. The film, Tokyo Drift, hmm. uh, seminal in my life. Um, okay. I had seen uh, Fast and Furious. Hmm. I had seen Too Fast, Too Furious. Sure. And I was 
highly anticipating the third installment in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I saw that it was coming out, it would feature uh, uh, a, a very well-known actor, uh, Lil Bow Wow, and, and, and not only that, but take place in the, the land of Japan. Right. Um, I, Justin Lin directed this, I, I believe? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, I could not I have been... I knew that. Could not have been more excited about it. Sure. Midnight showing. Uh, not opening night, but mm. one of the, the later weekends I went at midnight. Okay. And sitting in the theater, uh, practically alone, mm. it spoke to me in a way that nothing in my life has. Uh, mm. No uh, parental figure, mm. uh, no vocational calling, nothing. This was what I was meant to do. Wow. Wow. So I immediately went home. And I uh, told my son that um, I was taking his go-kart, and I immediately started uh, just kidding it out for myself. Uh, I bought much nicer parts than I had provided for him, a mm-hmm. uh, bigger seat, better steering wheel, mm. a, a lovely sound system. Wow. Um, I, and, and I immediately just began you know, making the, the most mean machine, wow. as we say in the biz, uh, that I could and and let me tell you the cul-de-sac that I live on Never saw it coming. I bet they did not I bet they didn't because you were probably you know Just their quiet neighbor one minute and the next minute you see Tokyo Drift and you're building uh, This big loud contraption that you're and, and you're you're screaming around the cul-de-sac in this thing. I just basically just screaming around doing just drifting in donuts Well, th- thank God you live on a street with a cul-de-sac because that provides you with the curvature needed to a uh, Practice drifting, I'm assuming. It is a perfect circle. Wow. Wow. And how do the people feel at the end of that cul-de-sac when you are drifting around? They, they have uh, what I would call mixed emotions. Okay. Um, I've been able to monetarily smooth those things over sure. for them, yeah. uh, whether it's directly with money or perhaps mm. just with free samples. Oh, wow. CBD yeah. gummies. It must be advantageous for you when you are in social settings or places where, uh, you know, you might ruffle some feathers with people that you work for a, a company that can get people high. I always have a vial in my pocket of mm. our latest tincture. Is that so? And you have a, a, you have a very soothing and calm and laconic way of speaking. And I wonder, is that, have anything, have you uh, uh, used a lot of your product in the past or currently right now? Or is this just the way that, you know, are you just, uh, tuned to that frequency. In oh, I have never uh, used any drug. Really? Wow. This is the result of um, uh, what what my parents uh, and and other caregivers of my youth would call uh, a rambunctious activity. Mm. Um, I was uh, chemically neutered um, as okay. a as a young man uh, from my emotions, not not. Uh, sexually okay so for for a moment i thought you were saying that you had sort of used up your supply of adrenaline early in life but you're saying you were some 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 doctor did something to you that sapped you of most of your energy uh as a young it brought me down to uh sea level Mm -hmm. permanently you were just given something that permanently altered your chemical biology and neurology correct wow and and so and you and you prefer this state uh i i know nothing else you don't remember anything from before this procedure? No. Uh, all I know of my previous activity is told to me through stories and scant home videos. Wow. So it really sa- it sapped your early memories as well. Yes. 
Wow. Uh, so I, I, you know, I've, I've been told I have trauma, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me because it, it makes sense that you would not understand irony or be more literal or, you know, base your entire definition of words on songs. Um, makes sense that, you know, it's almost like you were born yesterday a little bit. Uh, to a certain extent. Uh, every day when I open my eyes, I am born anew into the world. Sure. But not like, you know, not like in a memento sense. Like you do remember what happened yesterday. The candy? Oh, that's Mentos. I, I meant, do you forget everything you ever knew every day? You do remember what happened to you yesterday, am I right? Yes. Okay, yes. No, sure. I woke up in the morning and I had breakfast. I had a scone. No, I wasn't asking. I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Yeah, I didn't know how far the drugs went in terms of neutering your mental state, you know? Oh, uh, it, it zapped all of the emotion out of me. Gotcha. Wow. I think we need to move on to our second guest. And I really feel uh, like maybe I got off track because we were supposed to be talking about... Uh, marijuana and prison labor and for some reason we've gotten onto this biological castration thing but i'm going to move on and we'll come back uh folks my second guest today knows where you live so watch your back but before we get to that let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor don't go anywhere we'll be right back do you experience anxiety Uh, feelings i've been told are similar to uncertainty or fear of the future or your past Well, we here at THCI have a solution for you. Legal cannabis. Weed. The sticky icky. These are a collection of smokables and eatables and dippables that will help you get a handle on what is going on in your life. Through a variety of our best business practices like employing our workforce purely from private prisons. We pass the savings on to you and make sure that while we are, of course, exploiting those who have been imprisoned for peddling unlegal cannabis, you will never have to feel the pain or suffering that they are, I'm told, inflicted with on a daily basis. So please avail yourself of the wares of THCI, it's the legal high. My name is Pud Winsley, and I'm finished now. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we'll talk more with Pud Winsley from THC International, but now I'd like to bring in my second guest who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. She is the Chief Content Officer for Scorched Earth Socials, an internet marketing firm that seeks to enact its own form of social vengeance against individual whistleblowers, activists, and liberal pot stirrers. Her trolling and doxing have ruined the lives, reputations, and careers of over two dozen bad actors, taking them out of the national conversation and making room for more accurate voices. On weekends, she enjoys creating sand art of Harry Potter characters. Please welcome Danielle Branstop. Hello, Danielle. Hello, Mr. Ardenfell. How are you? Oh, it's great. It's great to have. No one ever calls me by my uh, by my formal name here. You can call me Dean for sure. Um, oh, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Oh well, uh, whatever. The only man I call by his first name is my husband, Roger. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, Roger Brandstop, I assume. Uh, yes. Well, we're not here to talk about him, although we might get to it. Uh, you you get hired by political campaigns and oil companies and all yes, those to find people doing the most damage to those causes and take them out uh, almost like a like a virtual hitman or something, right? Oh, I wouldn't like to say that. No? Well, how would I you just, put it? I just would prefer to think of it as it, when anyone sticks their head up higher than everyone else, they're okay. um, creating a, a sense of disunity, uh-huh. you know? 
like to reset it back to where we're all about the same. Okay. You know? One could make the case that by you know silencing a bunch of these voices and allowing other ones to uh, the, the the chance to be louder, that you're you're creating like a almost like a disunity, like, you know, like a, like a oh well. The thing imbalance. is that these voices that we're talking about are the ones who want to create change, right? Sure. Yeah. And so by creating change, we make things different than they currently are. Gotcha. Uh, almost by definition. Right. And then if you think about the way things currently are, they're okay. Right. 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 And so I don't see any particular reason to change things. We might be making I. things worse. And uh, why would we roll the dice like that? Right. Uh, you know, things are going great the way they are, at least for me. And for me as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and why would we want to change any of that when people are trying to shake the system and, and break everything and right. create a system that uh, somehow advantages other people than the ones that are advantaged by the current system? Well, the thing is, you, you, you the people who... Uh, these voices claim to speak for, Hmm. right? Those people, they wouldn't know that there's anything like wrong in their lives unless someone told them, right? Yeah. Really by agitating for change, what you're really doing is making a bunch of people very unhappy. Right. Yeah. You do see that a lot when like there's a whole group of people who are economically disadvantaged, for instance. And when that group of people understands that it's uh, that they're in that situation uh, due to their own uh, failings, um, then they stay there and they don't make a lot of noise and they don't wreck the whole system for everybody else. Right. They don't pee right. in the pool, as it were. Right. And, and But when someone comes along and says, hey, uh, this, whole, this whole system is rigged against you, why don't you rise up and, and make, thing, make, make changes? Then well, all then of a sudden we got to sit in on our hands or people breaking oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. We got people burning down their own cities just to try to make some sort of point. Right, exactly. I yeah. couldn't tell you what the point is. No, I don't think anybody could, really. I think it's just about, we should all just be happy with what we have. Yeah, that's a good point. It actually is kind of like the medieval fiefdom we were talking about earlier in this episode. Oh, well, yeah, I think things were much better in medieval times, you're really. You're born into a certain state, right. and that's where you and your family live for hundreds of years until you die. It's relaxing. You don't sure. have to strive. Yeah. If, you know what you have. You know what you'll sh- never have. Right. Yeah. You then talk you don't to, have to worry. You talk to someone plowing the king's lands and you ask, are you anxious? What would no, they have to be not. anxious about? No. They Nothing. Know, they know exactly what their life is going to be like from beginning to end. Exactly. Yeah. That takes a lot of the pressure off, really. Right. So, uh, you know, t- you took issue with the idea of a hitman or whatever, but it is kind of like they give you a folio and they say, this is your target. And uh, it's that's kind of like what happens in the movies when a hitman gets their folio and they have to go after their target, right? I guess, but I mean, uh, just because I'm given a photo and a background and a bio and I'm told where the person likes to spend their days mm. and uh, any any particular phobias they might have uh-huh. uh, or, uh, you know, places on their body where they're most likely to experience pain. Sure. It doesn't mean that I am a hitman. No, because you're not physically harming them. Generally, no. No, you're if just... If other people do, mm. just because of the actions that I take... Oh, yeah. That's on them. That's on them. Yeah, no, and, and no one's blaming you for any physical harm that has come to any of these people through your no. actions. It's not up to you what other people do with that information, but you're just getting information out there about where the person lives and where their soft parts on their body are. It's just about spreading information. Right. And that if anyone wants to stand up with their head up over all the other flowers in the field, maybe the scythe will come for you. Interesting. It says so in the Bible. It doesn't? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Something like... It's been, a, it's been a while since I actually sat down and read. I've been so busy with sure, work. Sure, um, Have you ever felt guilty about uh, about uh, ruining someone's life, reputation, 
I don't generally experience much in the way of guilt. So for example, uh, in middle school, when I turned in my very best friend for cheating, I felt no guilt. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you? she, She chose to cheat. Her choice. And when you know? these people choose to march in the street and wear pink hats that look like part oh, of the female anatomy. Naughty, naughty. That's their choice and they deserve what's coming to them they do. from you, right? Yeah. They do. And that makes sense. Well, I'd love to bring Pud back in here because uh, it seems that you two share something, which is that neither of you feels guilt. And one of you has been chemically castrated not to feel much of anything. And the other one is uh, just so uh, righteous that uh, any action that you take, you can justify as the right action. Uh, So uh, I just thought I'd get you talking about that. How does that feel to be just always sure of yourself? Because I'm always feeling like I'm doubting myself or second guessing things. Well, I couldn't speak for Pud, but I would say it feels pretty good. You know? What about you, Pod? Well, uh, similarly, I couldn't speak for Danielle, but... Uh, no, it, I wasn't asking you to. It, uh, it does feel... I mean, I, I guess I could say it feels good. Okay. But feeling isn't really a thing that I know. Sure. Um, I would just say that I do not find myself at all stymied by what the average person would be held back by there there right. are no hurdles for me to jump in any decision that i make mm. i merely make my decision and go ahead with my life wow amazing so i mean presumably you were the one who set up the whole uh system of using prisoners as labor force and you walked right into those prisons and had those meetings and and in some cases looked looked into the eyes of people who are serving long sentences for for drug offenses for selling the very drug that you sell legally and said, yep, I want this person to harvest for free my product and this person can essentially rot in prison for the rest of their life and I don't feel a bit of guilt. Walked out and checked your bank account. That That is absolutely correct. You know, I, I entered a private prison uh, purely just to go on a tour. Uh, really? And- you had the idea while in a prison on a tour? Yes. I looked in the eyes of those those many men and said, this is an unpaid workforce. Right. And not feeling guilt and not understanding irony, the idea was born. Correct. Wow. See, I think that that's actually just fine. And the reason is, hmm. you know, uh, that they broke the law. And so it doesn't matter that it's the same uh, product mm-hmm. uh, because it's not the same product. Because right. one was legal and one was illegal. That's how right. it works. And of course, people like to talk. They like to talk about the fact that access to, you know, capital for legal marijuana operations is primarily going to wealthy white people, whereas people of color are selling this very same product and forced to sell it illegally because they don't have access to those that, that privilege. But you don't you don't see any kind of conflict there. No. No. No, I think um, sure. I had money, so I spent money to mm-hmm. make more money. <laughs> I mean, that's that's capitalism right there, that, in a nutshell. The literal definition of it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, great. Um, so, Danielle, I want to make sure I ask you about your, your fascinating hobby of making Harry Potter characters in sand. Like, uh, oh, Is yes. this a beach thing? Do you do it at home? How does it work? Well, I should just correct you slightly, just okay. slightly. It's sure. not Harry Potter characters. Oh? It's a Harry Potter character. Oh, just a singular one. It's Dolores Umbridge. 
Oh wow! Okay. Yes, as you can see, I've modeled my hairstyle after her. It's very, it's very stern. Yes, yeah. yes, and it's a, it's a. I like to think of it as it's a little bit of a shield between me and the bad uh, thoughts of others. It's like a little helmet oh, of nice. hair around my yeah. head and, to and protect me so from what, bad thoughts. What attracts? What attracts you to the most authoritarian character in the franchise? I just like the way that she knows what's right and she knows what's wrong, mm. and she's not afraid to sure. tell people when yeah. they're wrong. Right. You could make the case that uh, that there are several points in those stories where she uh, doxes students at the yeah she does at the school. Right. <laughs> I just love it. Just to, to teach them a teach them a lesson. She or teaches them a lesson the hum- way that a teacher should. Yeah, through humiliation or right. personal. Yeah. Mm, right. Interesting. And so yeah, I make uh, sand art. I just sort of sprinkle the individual grains onto a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and I shape it into uh, her face. Okay. And uh, I do that every morning. Huh. And then in the evening before I go to bed, I, uh, I just sort of mess the sand up again. Just wow. to redevote myself to what she represents to me. Interesting. Interesting. I just realizing you both have um, hobbies that were born of movies that made a big impact on you. Um, or in your case, books, I guess. D- oh, no, I, I never was, read the books. Okay, in fact, the, until the sixth movie, I thought maybe these uh, these Harry Potter books and movies were, were a bad thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, Dolores Umbridge is also my favorite character <gasps> from, is she from, really? from the Harry Potter franchise. And, uh, and I thought, it, you know, I, I've, I've met uh, J.K. Rowling several times. Uh, oh, wow. We've uh, played uh, doubles tennis. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to her and I uh, about how odd it was I felt felt that she waited until book number six to introduce the hero. Sure, yeah. Um, and she just sort of looked at me blank-faced as if she didn't even realize that that's what she had done. You, you could also, uh, uh, you know, maybe one day if you get to meet Justin Lin, you could ask him why he waited to the third movie to bring Lil Bow Wow in. You know what? I think that's actually pretty obvious if you've seen the film. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he would have been far too distracting in the prior films. Okay, um, gotcha. He's too much of a presence. I see. So you don't see him as the lead in that movie then? Oh, no, oh, oh, he's the linchpin of the franchise. Does he ever return after the third movie? I, I have not sullied the waters of that franchise. Wow, you um, just stopped right then. You were like, it's never going to be any better any than other this. Film, I know that they've uh, involved uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and yeah. Charlize Theron. And you keep up on the trivia. John Cena. You just don't watch the movies themselves. Correct. God forbid Hobbs and Shaw make it into your queue. <laughs> you just got nauseous there for a second. I guess I you do have emotions. I think I just felt something. Well... <laughs> Pud Winsley was played by Sam Kernett. He is an actor, improviser, and voiceover artist who performs regularly on Mothra, the Thursday show at Vermont Comedy Club, as well as with the VCC Touring Company. Check out his podcasts, What is Fun? and Improvised Weapons, wherever you get podcasts. Danielle Brandstop was played by Loretta Pontillo. She is an improviser who has performed for many years at UCB, The Magnet, and more. She now lives and performs in Burlington, Vermont. I'm Nathan Hartswick, playing Dean Ardenfeld. Please follow this podcast at The Corporation Pod on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, Fans of the Corporation. You can even catch up with Dean Ardenfell on TikTok now. Subscribe to this podcast, and while you're at it, maybe write us a nice review. The Corporation is a production of Unicow Media, the official tiny little podcast network of Vermont Comedy Club, located in beautiful Burlington, Vermont.